0: This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's just dive right into the questions today. First one we have is biggest life lesson the chaos of 2020 has given you. Alright, so honestly, I would say there are a couple here. I I think that 2020 for me very much has the biggest lesson that I've taken from 2020 personally is how much we decide our role in life. Are we a creator or are we a victim? Very much the, so specifically when COVID started, I know a lot of coaches specifically were absolutely freaking out about what was going to happen with their businesses and straight up the first couple of days of like everything getting shut down, I was too, I was scared I was going to lose all my clients. And then all of a sudden, since then I've had this very weird, at the time and like since then I've had the strongest conviction I had a weird amount of calm at the time. All of a sudden, like, I just had, it just came to me that this was my time to be a leader. I can't, like, fully explain it, but I had suddenly, like, after the first couple days where I was freaking out, I just, I believe it was journaling that it just, like, initially came out, like, this is my time to be a leader. This is the time when we really establish our footprint on the industry, our coaching service does. And I had such clarity on that that since then it like that lit my ass on fire to create even more like no matter what, although like, yes, it might not be the most ideal time to, (laughs) um, for someone with a like coaching service or something that many people would consider non-essential. This was going to be the time that we created our fitness. We created our footprint on the fitness industry. And again, I had such strong and I still like since then, truly like this whole year I've just understood that this is my time to step up and be a leader and the amount of the business has grown and changed since then has been insane and truly like for me the biggest lesson to pull from that is very much again just like you can be a victim to whatever life throws your way or you can choose to deal with it and find ways to create what you want regardless um But again, just like, I think that truly the clarity that the first like lockdown gave me on, okay, no matter what, this is our time. I can just know it. I, I, and again, I truly can't explain, but since then I've just felt so clear on that. And that is a very powerful thing that I've taken from this. I would say on top of that, because I have to do more than one here, because I feel like there've been so many lessons from this. Um, and again, personally, for me, that's the one that resonates the most. But on top of that, connection has been how valuable connection has is to us as a whole, to me personally, but again, to everyone is another huge piece. For me personally, before all of this, I was never someone that outside of like, I love to talk to my clients. Uh, I love to talk to Katie and a few close friends who I could chat with. Uh, honestly not a ton outside of that like I'm kind of just like an introvert I do my thing I hang out I create content I work that was always my story that I told myself but since then going through a period where there was very very little connection with the outside world um, and then going back to doing things like the Impact Collective or uh, not the Impact Collective the Taylor Coaching Method Mastermind for example and realizing how much being around other people truly for me and again this is the thing i can't fully explain but i just know when i'm around other people when i spend time truly connecting with other people i leave those conversations those experiences better able to communicate as a more confident version of myself i'm a happier version of myself and i feel more clear on what i want Truly, that's been another huge one for me, honestly. How important having a tribe is. And honestly, like, like the mentorship that I'm in now, I've been a part of it for a couple of years. But the last the last couple months, especially, my investment in that, well, my literal investment in that um financially, but also my like how invested I'm in that. And like building those relationships has leveled up so much. And I've taken so much more from it too because of that. Just like realizing how fucking important it is to me to have a tribe of similar people around me. And honestly, that's very much like with our coaching service, what we are pushing to give everyone else also. Very much like if you're a coach listening to this, realize it or not, like it or not, you are a leader to a large group of people. A large group of people look up to you. And especially during times like this, this is something that I'm so fired up about right now. It is 100% on you to lead those people, to practice what you preach, to show people that no matter what is going on, whatever chaos is going on in the world, you are still responsible for your own life. And you can choose to <laughs> kind of tailspin into negativity and chaos, or you can choose to accept things for what they are, take ownership of that fact control what you can and create what you want regardless but again like as weird as it seems because we're quote-unquote just trainers again people look up to us for so much more than that and truly this podcast coaching to me to andrea everyone on our team is so much more than just it's so much more than just training nutrition that's kind of the way the body is the biggest quickest path to power something i've said over and over on this podcast lately and this is kind of turning into a rant but um training and nutrition when is our way to kind of the best version of you as a whole us getting your body on point is the quickest way for us to push you along that path to like your maximum potential as a human not just physically but, again, taking it back to this quote, the body is the quickest path to power. As we've talked about many times, Like people get their body on point, and then they start focusing more on personal development. And then like one of my clients was talking to me the other day about how um, since she decided to invest in this, like also, I want to get my mental health on point. So I'm working with therapists, and all these other things in my life are just so much more on point as a bleeding over effect of working with a coach. And that's the reality of this shit. That's why... We truly love this so much. It's so much more than like helping people get apps, um, which is a cool side effect, of course. But that I would say would be the second biggest lesson that I have learned from COVID. To sum all this up in a package, I would say you're responsible for creating your conditions. No matter what the outside world throws at you, you're responsible for creating your conditions. Day to day and very much like No matter what the hell is going on outside of us, we can still very much choose to have a very productive day, a day that's in alignment with what we want, or we can choose for our days to be utter chaos. I know for me, it's like, okay, what uh, creating my condition? So for example, for me to have a successful day, I know that I need to wake up at 6am. I need to get in my 30 minutes of studying plus my 30 minutes of personal development plus my quick walk, plus my greens, etc. I can choose to do those things and set myself up for a day where my mind is on point, uh, my mind is on fire, I'm ready to create, I'm ready to help, or I can wake up, I can look at my phone. Shit, I can even wake up at the same time. But I can roll over, I can look at my phone, I can scroll through social media, I can watch Netflix for the first 30 minutes of my day the conditions that I create there are drastically different and very much my mindset as a whole. Am I, do I have a mindset of abundance or do I have a mindset of scarcity? That's a hundred percent dependent on how I start my day. I create my own conditions. And if I fuck up on this, if I don't follow through with the shit that I know I need to do, which yeah, straight up happens sometimes, (laughs) then things are going to spiral quickly. So again, as a whole, no no one is coming to save you no president no any whoever boris i think that's the dude in uh the uk um no one is coming to save you it's your responsibility to create the conditions for success you choose to do that every day you are choosing yes or no i'm creating the conditions to lead me to what i want and create what you want with your life. Um, I am fired up now, but I believe that is all I have on that. Alright, next question came from my guy Paul. So, how would you create an at-home training plan for someone looking to increase leg hypertrophy? Alright, so here first and foremost, I would absolutely go back and listen to the last podcast that dropped on wednesday that was the definitive guide to at home training that actually works for building muscle um but when we're talking about at home training specific for whole leg hypertrophy let's assume that this person probably doesn't have like dumbbells or barbells so likely we're working with bands loaded backpacks water bottles and the like okay so here we know The the factors that we would manipulate for muscle growth, frequency, volume and intensity, intensity, intensity being load is going to have to be lower. So thus, it makes sense for us to push frequency and volume a little bit higher. So really, I would first and foremost capitalize on frequency, basically meaning we would train lower body (laughs) pretty damn frequently, but with different movement patterns and different loading modalities, etc. So. Here, then, when we're looking at okay, lower body training, um, and I asked him to, fo- I followed up with this like quad specific, hamstring specific, or glute specific. Okay, kind of as a whole, just lower body, tra- um, lower body hypertrophy. So we can assume glutes, hamstrings, quads—we want not hit all of them with a good amount of frequency. So if we're looking at quad hypertrophy, we know that basically we need to train. And really, we can look at, okay, glutes, hamstrings, quads, we want to try to train them in a shortened, lengthened, and likely mid-range position. So for quads, basically, we can train squat patterns and um, knee, like a more, basically, patterns to simplify, somewhat stimulate or simulate a leg extension. So basically, how I would go about this is we're going to alternate. I would train... I would likely train four days a week. No matter what, I think that four days per week full body is a pretty good split for anyone training at home, just because again, intensity is gonna be so much lower, or you can train upper lower four times to six times per week. So let's just say that we're training four days per week full body. There's gonna be two more quad focus days there. Actually, let's look at this as anterior-posterior. So two more quad focus days. Two more glute hand focus days. On the quad focus days, we're gonna train likely because the client doesn't have a lot of load to work with. We're gonna want to train um, like a unilateral lunge variation most likely. So be it a split squat, a walking lunge, etc. Now here, the thing to realize is when we're looking at hypertrophy specific programs, we also want to make sure that they're able to achieve a lot of knee flexion because that's going to allow for um, the most quad stimulus per rep. Now, the problem is like a walking lunge or even a rear foot elevated split squat. Well, they are great movements specific to quad hypertrophy, again, because your back knee is likely going to hit the ground before we've achieved a ton of knee flexion. So think your knee or your hamstring coming really close to your calf, we'd likely want to adjust these slightly. So for quad hypertrophy specifically, I would likely have the client do One day, a front foot elevated split squat. They're gonna load this heavy with bands. So let's say, or excuse me, backpack, like a loaded backpack. Um, Now the beauty of this is too, that we can't, a front foot elevated split squat is a pretty challenging movement as does a rear foot elevated split squat. So we can load these to a challenging extent pretty easily. So for like the front foot elevated split squat, what I would do is have like a loaded backpack they could either be holding it, like extend the, extend the straps and they could be holding it in each hand. The backpack is under the legs. Um, And you could honestly even like, Hey, if you have one of those big, it's larger than the five gallon jugs, those big ass water jugs, like, Hey, maybe you're holding one of those in each hand. Um, And then we have a band around the front knee connected to something else like some wall um, shut in a door frame. But again, it's the band is wrapped around the front knee and then in front of you. So from the bottom of the rep, as you are coming up, as you're driving the knee back, you have to push it back against the band, which is gonna create more resistance, plus you have a load in your hands. So that's really gonna overload the quad. Specifically here, like that band is gonna help make knee extension more challenging, so it's gonna overload the quad more. Then the other day, I would likely do a rear foot elevated split squat, but I would have the back platform be a bit lower so that the limiting factor isn't going to be a big stretch on the back um, hip flexor or quad, but rather again, we're looking at knee would I would have the front foot elevated here ideally the heel will be slightly higher than the toe almost like a wedge type so again that's going to be more prone to drive the knee a little bit more forward which again is going to create more knee flexion so this is going to be more quad dominant day. that would be your primary movement from there i would likely add in some type of leg curl variation so one day i would do like a lying towel leg curl for max reps for three to four sets the other day i would do like a band leg curl um similar somewhere in the 10 to 30 rep range um so we're training we're training uh knee flexion for both of those and we're going to dive into so from there basically um we're training a heavy quad dominant movement and then a quote-unquote lighter more hamstring-focused movement. And then I would do the same for... So on these heavy quad-dominant days, basically we are training lighter um, leg curl-type movements, and then we are training more, like, quote-unquote, pump work for your glutes. So think, like, banded hip thrust. Maybe you have a backpack, a heavy-loaded backpack on your hips, plus bands under your heels and over your thighs, and you're training hip thrusts like that. Band abductions, things like that. So again, I would do one... Heavier quad focus movement on two of the days, lighter band work, leg curls, um, band hip thrust, backpack hip thrust, etc. on the other days. So, from there, then on the flip side, on the other days that are more posterior dominant, so glute and hamstring dominant, then we are going to be training primarily some type of heavy hinging pattern. Now here we can do like a load of backpack up heavy and do an RDL with that. Similarly, we could like be holding the backpack in our hands where we would traditionally hold a barbell for an RDL. And we also have band, a band under our feet and loop through both hands. And we could even have another band around your hips and attached to like the wall or door frame back behind you. So the top when you're locking out that hip extension is a little bit more challenging. Or you can even straight up do like a couple bands under your feet over your neck in like a good morning type pattern similarly here a single leg movement also works very well because traditionally we can load these pretty heavy so like a staggered stance rear foot elevator a staggered stance romanian deadlift or a rear foot elevator romanian deadlift are both great movements honestly i really like ah, both of those are pretty damn good i would say as far as like a romanian deadlift a single leg variation goes because here we're looking at hypertrophy. So the reality is like a single leg RDL in the traditional sense, where you are just hinging back, one leg is just up in the air, we don't have any type of hand support. Stability is the limiting factor there more often than not than the actual like muscular fatigue in your hamstrings. So um, from there, I would, or we could even do like a hand support single leg romania deadlift so one hand is on a wall a door frame but again we want this to be pretty sturdy so it really balances an eliminating factor so then we're going to overload these heavy in the 7 to 15 rep range i would say and i would say the same thing for your your split squat variations on the first two days and then from there we're going to do some type of lighter movement that somewhat stimulates a um a like, leg extension so this could be like a sissy squat for example um now from there oh and also i forgot to mention actually one other great movement <laughs> taking it back to the quad dominant day real quick i apologize everyone listening this is all over the place but taking it back to the leg dominant movement i would actually likely do some type of front foot elevated split squat one day and i would actually do if the client has a foam roller i would have them do foam roller hack squats at home, such a good quad dominant movement. So basically foam roller behind your back on the wall from there. If you just put a band over your neck, under your heels, you can wear a backpack on the front side of your body, or you can hold any object in your hands. Like even five gallon water jugs will work great. You can achieve a ton of depth here. You slide up and down the wall so smoothly. And even if you don't like before I had a foam roller at home, I literally just used my tub of highly branched cyclic dextrin so like any supplement container will really work well you roll up and down the wall surprisingly smooth it feels very similar to an actual hack squat that's likely what i would program as the primary movement for the other day and then i would program like a secondary from there like another lunge like maybe higher slightly higher rep walking lunges in the like 10 to 20 rep range and then ditto for the first day maybe our secondary quad focus movement is something like a let's say a heels elevated cyclist squat or some type of front rack like maybe we're holding a backpack in the front rack position heels are elevated and we're going to rep this out anywhere from 15 to or let's say let's say 15 to 20 reps because the reality is we could probably load that up to where we're number one focusing on depth and loss of knee flexion and that will be pretty brutal still now from there, and then again, we're working in our a one to two, I'd say one to three glute and hamstring focused movements. And the reality is we could likely superset those with, actually I wouldn't superset those, but this is kind of within the restrictions of as well, like how much time does the client have? So if the client has a lot of time and they're relatively experienced, we could program those two quad dominant movements on the quad focus day, if not just one. All right, back to that glute, glute hamstring focus day quick. So from there again, focus on overloading some type of hinge pattern. And then past that, we would likely add in like some type of knee flexion replica. So sissy squats are a great one here. um, If the client's knees feel okay with it, which the reality is most people do when they execute it properly. To again, so we're thinking in a nutshell, like quote unquote heavier glute and hamstring focused lighter quad focus but we're still touching the muscles with a lot of frequency and then past that point i would make sure i would likely do like one heavy hinge one heavy hip thrust day for the posterior focus day and then supplement it with the other so then like one slightly lighter for like uh 15 to 25 reps either a hip thrust or maybe like a banded good morning so there again like as a whole we have Two posterior focus days, two anterior focus days, and we're supplementing that with lighter variations of the other pattern as needed. Um, and that's really how I feel like that got pretty long, but in a nutshell, a very large nutshell, that is how it would go about it. So sub your sub or supplement your quad dominant days with leg curl variations, um, banded. Banded glute bridges. If you're not getting enough on your other two, your glute focus days, or so if you're not training those both days, I would have for sure add a glute bridge variation and or a hip thrust variation into at least one. And then things like band abductions. And then the other days are kind of the opposite: lighter quad pump work, heavier hinge and thrust work. <laughs> and that's how I go about it. And that is what I have for you for today. Now, as you probably picked up from this episode, we love taking the science nerding out over it, and helping teach you how to apply that to yourself as an individual. So if you've been struggling to achieve the body composition that you want, hit the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with us. We'll hop on a strategy call, talk you through the best training and nutrition protocols to help you achieve the physique that you want. And if we're a good fit to work together, we will help you create a fully, we will create for you, I should say, a fully customized training and nutrition program periodized to help you meet your specific goals. Again, link for that is in the show notes. But again, that's all I have for you all today. Thank you for tuning in.